0: Welcome to the Checkmates Go podcast. Join your favorite checkpoint expert, Phone Boy, and his guests as they cover a range of cybersecurity topics to help you secure your everything. Be sure to subscribe and share, and don't forget to rate and review us. And now, here's Phone Boy. And welcome to Season 3, Episode 7. Way back in December, I had a conversation with Eric Anderson at Atlantic Data Security, a checkpoint partner. Team sports have a concept of offense and defense, at least in the ones that I'm familiar with. Likewise, cybersecurity has a offense and a defense. Now, normally in a team sport game, you are going to be doing both things, going on offense or defense. Usually in cybersecurity, you're on one side or the other. And there's a certain psychological impact to that, I believe. That is the topic of this discussion that Eric and I had. And there's a lot of sport analogies that are used in this discussion.
1: Didn't even get to my main original topic that we, that we thought was kind of cool. With the addressing the talent sorters? Yeah, we did. What was the other well, topic you well, had? Well, I like the, the discussion of retaining through recognition that's difficult or, or that idea that, uh, see, and, and this might not be the best podcast material anyway, but that, that concept of us being a defensive industry that that can can wear hard on the psyche when you never get to score a goal. All you have to do, all you get to do is defend the goal and make sure nobody scores against you, which is the the more thankless of the jobs in sports is, is you know, oh yeah, you threw a shutout. That was good, but you didn't score at all. Well, we can't. We're not allowed to go on offense. We're we're an entirely defensive sport.
0: Yeah, and I think that's but yeah, so that's the whole red team versus blue team. Which yeah, and I think we 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 should definitely talk about that. But if you're only ever
1: on one side and you never get to score goals, there's no glory, you know. That there's, and I I I, being a a sports nut and fan and player and ref, you know, I, I love that side of it. And the analogy of imagine if you were playing on a football team or if you had a football team, you know, whatever name your favorite local football team, but you're only ever allowed to play defense. Oh, and by the way, any turnovers. the the play's immediately dead and then you have to give it back to the other team. You can't score on a turnover either. You're never allowed to score. You can't be on offense. The only way for you to succeed or the most successful you can be is to throw a shutout, you know, dual shutout where, where the other team didn't score at all, but neither did you. And that's, that's disheartening. And yet that's what we're in. That's, that's our business. We're never allowed to score on offense. We just have to throw a perfect shutout every game we play, which is constant all the time.
0: We say this all the time, right? That 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 the bad guy only has to be right once. We have to be right every right. time. And that's, right. a pr- and that's yeah, that is disheartening. And it's also, yeah, it's also tiring and, and it's a good question. How do we, I don't know, break out of that mindset?
1: Well, and I think it's, first of all, it's addressing it. It's identifying and realizing that, yes, this is what we're in. We are not allowed to score goals or points or baskets or whatever. We are only allowed to try and stop the other team from doing so. A- and the only way we can succeed is to do it all the time and never let them score any points because then we end in a tie. But, but we're not allowed to throw any offense you know, or, or you make a military analogy. You know, all we have is shields, no swords. <laughs> we just have to fend off their blows all the time. We never get to fight back.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, fighting back is probably illegal in many jurisdictions. That, that for me we we
1: don't get to fight back. We're not allowed to, you know, to to go in and do the the defensive hacking or defensive offense. That that's not really right. You know, you get yourself in trouble doing so. So the reality of our business is we have to defend, defend, defend. And the second we don't do it right, we lose. How do we move forward from that? I don't have the answer. I, I'm, I'm, you have to identify the problem before you can figure out the answer. And all I'm doing right now is identifying the problem. We have this challenge that, that we don't get to score goals. So we can never win. All we can do is maintain the tie, maintain the scoreless tie. That's the best we can do. And if we know that, and if we can realize and identify that that's our ultimate goal is to maintain the scoreless tie. Then then fine. We can take that as success. We have done our job if we keep them from scoring. Even though we don't get to score, that's okay cuz we're not expected to, we're not allowed to. It's illegal for us to score. So we maintain our defense and we have to be able to find a way to take pride in that and see success in that. And, and that I think is difficult and maybe we're not there, maybe I don't know how to do it. Maybe we can figure it out while we discuss it and solve all the world's problems, but but that's one of those things that that I think we need to find a way to recognize that success. And and maybe it's it's going back to the, look at a manufacturing factory floor where they talk about how, hey, we've gone 13 days without an, an injury. Maybe that's the best we can do is say, yes, we've gone this long without a major breach. That's a great number. That tops our last number. We're doing really good. We deserve pats on the back and praise and recognition because we haven't allowed the other team to score. Even though we didn't get a goal, we don't get to celebrate because we scored. We're going to celebrate because we've maintained our defenses properly. And, and maybe that's the shift we have to kind of put into our mentality is a way to recognize consistent scoreless tie.
0: Well, maybe we need to redefine su- success, right? That's what I'm getting at is,
1: yeah, it, it's kind of a, it's success doesn't mean scoring more goals than them. Success is keeping them from scoring at all,
0: period it's not ethical number 1 it certainly isn't legal in a lot of jurisdictions to do that right to 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 hack back we, the only time that we know that we've been breached is when it happens not but not necessarily when it happens after we discover that it's happened and you've undoubtedly heard and we we've, we've done past episodes on in you know and and on checkmates go about situations that developed over the course of months And sometimes it takes a long time for somebody to go, hey, wait a minute, we've been breached. And then and by that point they're you know, that the the malware or whatever malware campaign has spread throughout the organization and and they're now having to react to it. So we could celebrate that we haven't been breached. But meanwhile, we have been breached. So that that's makes it even more disheartening to say, yeah, we it, it is it is a bit of a thankless job. And we do have to be right every time and we have to do all of the, and I think we have to do all of these things. And, and it is, it's tough. And how do we, uh, you know, how do we define success? And I think it's, and, and I think this is even, you know, when you start talking about measuring metrics in a, in a, you know, for, for a security practice what are the things that you're looking at and you know what you know because because the thing that you manage or that you measure is what gets managed against because if you don't if you don't measure it you don't man, you can't really manage it so um you know then it comes down to measurements of okay we, you know because you know like some organizations will get will get focused on vulnerabilities well i'm not you know vulnerabilities aren't that interesting to me because if they're impossible to exploit then who cares if the vulnerabilities exist uh, but if there is a if there is a vulnerability that can be easily exploited and people are exploiting it, that's a problem. But also if they're but if they're exploiting something and they can get nothing out of it, then that's you know maybe that's not such an interesting exploit either, right? So not all vulnerabilities, not all exploits are created equal.
1: yeah, it's a great point and and I can't help. I'm sorry, forgive forgive you know I love analogies. So forgive one here. I'm gonna make a sports analogy because I can't help but relate this to to you know what's near and dear to me is ice hockey and and if you imagine an attacking team, taking the puck, and whether you know much about ice hockey or not, you know the idea is to put the puck into the net. And there are various ways as a defending team to stop the other team from doing that. If we're very good on offense in hockey, we can keep the puck down the other end and keep attacking them. In our world of cybersecurity, we can't do that. We're purely defensive. We have to simply defend and keep them from scoring without ever going on the attack. If, in hockey, we can keep them from ever entering our zone with possession of the puck and getting a good quality scoring opportunity, that's great. But we don't know if our goalie's actually any good or not because he never sees a shot. <laughs> if they sometimes get into our zone and, and maybe it's a power play or whatever, they kind of get on the attack and they take some shots, but our defense is very good at blocking them, very aggressive defense. Again, our goalie is never even seeing a shot. And when you look at metrics or statistics, his save percentage is going to be very high because the only shots he saw were very weak from very far away. And he was able to stop every one of them. And he looks like he's the hero. If our defense wasn't that great, and they get in on a lot of breakaways, they have a lot of odd man rushes, they do great passing, and they get some really high-quality shots with great, what we might call, scoring opportunities, and he still makes the saves, that's a whole different level of, of mastery and impressiveness. If they score on those, that's a whole different thing than if they scored from a shot from their zone, in which case we had a really bad goalie who wasn't paying attention and was actually literally sleeping. So it's a very hard thing to gauge if we're properly defending in a very you know aggressive and effective way. We don't even see those attacks reaching us in any, in any significant way, as opposed to if our perimeter might be weak, but we've got good endpoint security and our endpoints are catching lots of malware, that's great. The endpoint malware is, you know, anti-malware is working great. We're doing a wonderful job there, but what are we missing at the perimeter and should we be stopping it earlier? And it's this... It's very. It can be disheartening because we don't know how well we're doing at each level. Because the earlier we stop it, the less visibility we have further in. I think when we talk about products and metrics on visibility, that's where forensic tools become really interesting to be able to see in more detail what maybe got close. You know how 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 far did this potential attack get before it was properly stopped, and, and what areas had it reached into, and maybe kind of. Started to, to branch off into before we found it and stopped it, as opposed to, hey, we stopped it. That's great. Let's not think about it anymore. Trying to learn more from it using forensic data can be very insightful and help us, you know, pat ourselves on the back a little bit more or identify weaknesses that maybe we should shore up and put a little bit more effort into.
0: Well, and I think this is an area where you know, artificial intelligence and machine learning is going to be very helpful. Definitely i have had some conversations with Oren Karen, who is one of our masterminds behind the Infinity Sock product, which is is in its it's, it's in its evolutionary phase, and we're, I think you're going to see a lot more uh, from that product in in the in the near future, or or products of slightly different names, but the but the idea being the same is using you know we, you know, we started off as a as a project to be able to. Um, to find those needles in a haystack, right? Because you know your your security solutions all generate millions of logs a day. Uh, how many of them are? How many of them can you actually look at at a day? Well, and, and how many of them are actually interesting, right? Because there's there's just a lot of noise in there. So, um, yeah, we we look at the number. You know, so we're able to using machine learning algorithms be able to figure out. Okay, these are the seven that are the most interesting of the of, of the bunch, right? And that they tell us that yeah you know, that. And and again, you're never going to get to hundred percent certainty with. With machine learning and artificial intelligence, you're just going to get uh, a high probability that something is potentially malicious or not. I've done sessions on it. We've got we've have our, we've had our data scientists talk about um, how they use you know the different machine learning algorithms and things that are used and applying them in different ways to the data to be able to to to, to find insights that a human may not be able to to do on their own. Yeah, having all that data available is certainly uh it's certainly helpful and and just because you're not seeing an attack doesn't mean it's not happening and that's why but it's important that at all levels right whether it's whether it's stuff that's on premise whether it's a an end user's endpoint whether the data is in a cloud or something right that, that it's important that you have visibility at all of those places right and i think that's a so that you know yeah, you know, have I been breached? Right, and yeah, that and you and you're going to have to have you're probably going to have to employ some tools or a service again to be able to look at all that data and say, okay, do I have something I need to worry about? Because, yeah, the problem is, is I think that it, is that knowing have I been breached? That's a, that's a hard you know I think for a just my home network for example, right? Even that's a hard question to answer now because how many devices do I have on my home network? I I won't I won't tell you. It's way too many, um, <laughs> but you know, there's still one perimeter, right? Although, but the, but actually, that's not the case because I've also got email hosted in Google. I've got, you know, I've got websites hosted places. I've got, I've got the typical small business setup almost, just in terms of the, the amount of thing, the you know, places where data is. And okay, so how do I know all this stuff's get? You know, how do I know all this stuff's safe? Right? you know the goalie's got one got one thing to defend the goal right you know cybersecurity professionals have to defend against many fronts and against attackers that they may not even be able to see it's a challenge, right? And how do you know you're being successful? Well, you know, if your data shows up on the dark web, that's probably bad, but that's, so, you know, it's, it's important to have sensors at every place where you're, uh, you you know, or, you know, something, something that's able to tell you, uh, you know, that, 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 that something's there, you know, to be able to, to, to prevent any, uh, you know, any issues that come up. And if it can't prevent, then it should at least be able to tell you that something happened, but it's, yeah, but I think a lot, I think, a lot of it comes down to, and this is this is a, the perennial problem I think we have in, in cybersecurity: is where's my stuff, right? Where where's the stuff that I need to protect? And I think that's yeah, you know, these days that's become a much harder problem because everybody's now you know everybody's now working from home all the time. So your assets, you know, walked out the front door and are you know they're they're sitting on some guy's laptop that's that's sitting in their house in their basement somewhere, right? It's there's the yeah. How do I know I haven't been breached? Well, yeah, you it's hard to know, but that's you know again if you've deployed the right technologies in the right places and you're monitoring the right stuff then you have at least a chance. You're almost going to have to deploy some, some services and you know and and products to help with that because I because I think it's you know the 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 amount of data that's being generated on a daily basis in these systems it's beyond what a human being can handle. I mean it, it's you know if I had to look at my firewall logs on a daily basis I'm sure my eyes would gl- would properly glaze over and that's just for the stuff in my house. You know, forget every forget <laughs> the stuff that's that's elsewhere, right?
1: Well, and to expand on the analogy again, you brought back up the goalie, you know, often um, if you ever watched a hockey game, it, it's a little disheartening when, when, or disheartening when the goalie turns around and looks behind him after a shot to see if the puck went in the net, because even he doesn't know. He's not sure. Did I make that save or did it get through me? And that always kind of looks like weakness as opposed to when he makes the big flaring save with the glove and he knows, and he shows everyone, ha, I got that in my glove. I know exactly where that puck is. I stopped that shot. And that's a much much more confident and proud moment. And then there are times where nobody even knows, have we been attacked? Have have they succeeded or not? And you've got the goal judge sitting outside the rink with a light that he flips on that light to say, yeah, I saw the puck go in the net. Sometimes even have to go to replay to to verify, did the puck actually cross the line 100% or not? And it's, it's not always that easy. And that kind of translates to the real world where we have to go through and look at all the data we have sometimes. Uh, it's much easier if we know definitively, yes, I stopped that. Or heck, maybe we, we put a piece of plywood, four by six plywood in front of the goal, and we know nothing's getting in. You know, we, we kind of have more definitive protections. It's not fair. But, um, you know, that's, that's another way of going at it is, you know, how effective are we? You know, how, how much of a, a vulnerability do we have? How big is that goal? versus what kind of protections do we have in front of it? If we're allowed to put 12 players on the ice, let's have them all stand in front of the net and not leave any holes. (laughs) But that kind of goes a little wacky. You talked about statistics and kind of leveraging the data we have and having AI make sense of all of it to help us add value and figure out where we need to focus our efforts and to make a completely different sports analogy that goes more mass media when Brad Pitt popularized the movie Moneyball, where for years... Baseball teams were managed based on traditional baseball is a very traditional sport, you know, based on on what we've seen, we'd seen and observed and what everyone had always done. And now you get somebody who comes into this and says, hey, let's look at the numbers. Well, which numbers? Let's look at numbers that people don't typically care about and try and derive value out of them. But it took a lot of effort. And if you remember that movie, if you saw it or read the book, there's a lot of effort put into taking a lot of numbers that on their own don't mean much. Correlating that into meaningful information and ultimately producing success or at least better numbers based on the data that we had in the past. And and, and it starts with gathering that information. And no one's in a better position than Checkpoint to have that insight and that information being gathered from around the world from so many different points and perspectives and and such a sampling of data to be able to take that information in using AI uh, and other methods to correlate and make sense of that data. To come up with more actionable, proactive information uh, that we can use to to better secure ourselves before we have to turn around and look at, at at you know whether that puck went in the net or not. We know definitively, hey, it's here in my glove. I can see it. I know I've done it, or I was able to position myself properly because I knew where the shot was going to be coming from, and, and I anticipated it properly to to be uh, able to make that save and, and, and keep that from becoming a problem.
0: So I'm originally from the Bay Area, which is where because because Moneyball was about the Oakland A's. So I grew up watching the results of Moneyball, you know, the, the Oakland you a- yeah, so the Oakland A's did, you know, the eighties did fairly well as a result of, you know, the stuff that Billy Bean was doing.
1: And that was, it was analytics. It, it was taking a bunch of data that people were discounting, but was there because baseball is very statistical. Let's take that information and try and do something with it and, and get information out of it. And it became a, a very great story and success of, of going back and looking at data that anyone else could have looked at too, but just didn't bother. Yeah. Or didn't know to or how to apply it.
0: And, and yeah, and I think in, in cybersecurity, we have to do that just because the amount of da- so the, the amount of data that we have in cybersecurity is, it, is it's it, it's, you know, again, a small organization can generate millions of logs per day. A human, a single human, couldn't possibly process all of that and make sense of it all. And that's where you need to have. Yeah, now you do need with with AI and machine learning and, and machine learning and all of that. You do need to have some concept of what what's true, right? You can't just, you know. The, I think there are there are some algo's that are maybe starting to come out that might be able to see some of that st- that that might start seeing insights in raw data. But generally speaking, with artificial intelligence and machine learning you you kind of need to prompt it and tell it these are the things we know to be true right if you see this it's probably that right or or, you know, or that it's mo- it's most likely that and so you know you you give it a bunch of you, you feed it a bunch of data and you're able but it's it's also amazing how much like we're able to do with even like infinity sock right the the data that we're looking at is literally just the lookups that antibot and uh, antivirus do right which are which are effectively just metadata about resources that that uh, that people on the network are trying to access there's really nothing identifying about any of that data right but but based on though you know th- those lookups and stuff we're able we have we have a bunch of insights that we're able to do without having to look at you know, look at millions of logs right it's, it's more than just having the data you, you know having i think there's you know the, the whole sort of garbage in garbage out thing with data right you can have all the data it may not be very useful but the the, the insights gleaned from that data is, is what's going to be most interesting and i think would you know you, the, you start looking at um you know, this is where like Sims can be kind of helpful, right? Is, is some is some of the Sims I think can can look through all of that data and find some interesting insights at times. And I think that's where maybe even cloud logging can be kind of helpful, right? Is there when you when you send your logs into a into a cloud, maybe with some other you know with some other things that are uh, that are involved there that uh, you can actually that you might actually be able to get you know to get some insights that you wouldn't be able to get so it's it's certainly worth looking at uh you know s- some of these other services that can help and i think you you're, you're going to start seeing um, you know, that's part of what infinity sock does is we're leveraging the, the information that we, we get from a hundred plus thousand checkpoint customers. And you're able to, and, and, and the sensors that we have everywhere, you know, not only our own, but you know, customers and whatnot, I think we've been, uh, we're, we were able to make those insights available to, uh, to, to you. Right. And, and again, help me make sense from it. and No, it's like, okay, this, it's not a goalie. That's, that's protecting one goal. You're protecting, you know, potentially hundreds of goals, right. Or you know thousands of, so it's, it's a, it's a, it's definitely a job and you got to make sure you're using the right resources to, uh, you know, to stay one step ahead to borrow an old marketing phrase.
1: Yeah, there's definitely an abundance, if not an embarrassment of data out there to to be had. And, and Checkpoint's getting a lot of that just again, because of the prevalence in the market, there's a lot of information coming in. And as you said, it's, it's first of all, important to, to weed out what's meaningful and what isn't. And, and a lot of it is chaff and, and, not really that that useful and, and needs to be filtered and 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 uh, or at least weighted properly, and then the meaningful stuff made sense of and, and uh, given more meaning through analysis and whether that's through AI or human to, to become something that well this is actually really significant we need to alert people and, and to go back to the analogy with all the statistics that baseball, baseball generates and they're famous for for all the the, the the sometimes nonsensical data that comes out of baseball you know, when, when a, a, a batter comes up to the plate, pitcher wants to know, you know, what's his batting average, what's, what are his statistics, you know, um, and, and knowing that, sure, maybe he hits, uh, you know, he gets a base hit every two out of 10 at bats, or, or, or you know, he's got a 250, you know, one, one out of every four times he comes to the plate, he gets on base. But if, Against left-handed pitchers, it's one out of 10, and right-handed pitchers, it's five out of 10. Well, that's more meaningful. It's a little bit different. And if I'm a righty, maybe I'm a little more concerned than if I were a lefty. And knowing that maybe at night, he's better than during the day, and knowing what time of day it is, and, and kind of being able to qualify the other seemingly less important, but but definitely less simple pieces of information, and helping use that to make more sense, and, and make the the kind of, let's say, prime time information more valid can make our efforts much more concerted and valuable and, and, and well-spent. You know, you know, knowing what to do based on a whole bunch of other extraneous information um, helps make it more valid. And, and as you said, it's very hard to do that in an analog way or a, for a human to analyze all of that. And that's where that, that uh, using AI and using a, of the advanced computing power we have now becomes much more important.
0: Yeah. And you know, the bad guys are going to start using it too, right?
1: Of course. And they're already using it. They often use it before we do. And a lot of what we end up doing reactively is because they've come up with some new method. So we have to come up with a way to counter that method. And that's always been the case. It's because again, we're not on offense. We're on defense. We have to wait and see what they're going to do on offense before we can figure out how to defend against it.
0: Or that we even know that we need to defend against it.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. you know, until you've seen a Wayne Gretzky, you don't know what you need to do to try and defend against him.
0: Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Checkmates Go. Subscribe in your favorite podcast app, leave us a rating and review, and share with your colleagues on social media. And we'll see you next time.